It was a five hour meeting today between the players association and the owners and nothing appeared to happen, but at least it, it was progress. And that's all you can look forward to in the CBA negotiation. But while we wait, we have another prospect interview. This, today we have Alex McKenna. We're going to talk to him about his rise through the minor leagues. And we'll talk about that and more on this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros. We hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talks Astros. You find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Stroh's 411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stroh's. All right. Alex McKenna, I know this is the first time we've had you on a podcast. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, Alex J. McKenna on Twitter, and I believe on Instagram, it's Alexander underscore McKenna on Instagram. So those are the two that I got. All right, so looking at uh, the rosters from last year, uh, where did you play last year? So I started in uh, Asheville and High A, um, and then about, I'd say, a couple months into the season, got promoted um, up to Corpus Christi and was there for the remainder of the season. All right, so uh, so the way I kind of like to start these interviews is I like to kind of take a jog back in time. I know that you were drafted in uh, 2015, by the Twins in the 38th round from the Bishop Alamany High School. What made you decide to sign with them? Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, so I played you know, football, baseball, basketball. You know, I played basketball to my sophomore year, and then kind of was football, baseball. And then after my junior year of high school, played kind of just narrowed it down to baseball just because I figured it was going to be kind of my best route to get to the, you know, my goal was to play professional sports, and I just felt that baseball at the time was going to give me the best chance. Um, but, you know, kind of going into my senior year, I was kind of getting a little bit of interest from scouts here and there. Um, and it just – I just felt like I was too raw at the time. I felt like maturity-wise I could have, like – I could have went and played. Um, I just felt like going to school and, and playing three years at Cal Poly was going to give me the best chance to kind of grow up as a baseball player and actually just get at bats and learn the game more. So I decided to, to go to school and uh, I'd say it worked out. I uh, think it was the right choice. You ended up going in the fourth round to the Houston Astros and for the Astros to sign you in the top five rounds, especially with the amount of outfielders they have says a lot about you as a player and your projectability, your potential what was it like when you got drafted by the Astros? Was that was that a special moment? Were you at home? Was there a setting where you were waiting for the pick and you got the call? Take us back to that. So I was actually uh, in my house with five of my other college roommates. Um, and I had a buddy of mine, Nick Meyer, who's, uh, who went in the sixth round that same draft to the Mets, catcher. Um, and we we're both kind of, you know, projected to go probably either, you know, end of the first day, early second day kind of deal. And so we were kind of just sitting around um, watching everything. Both of our families were up there. Um, 
you know, and it was just a, an experience where I woke up on day two and didn't really know what was going to happen. And the phone rang. And to be honest with you, I, I didn't have any contact with the Astros throughout the whole draft process. They were the one team that I really hadn't heard from. And uh, it just ended up working out that they took me. And obviously them coming off the championship in 2017, it was just a surreal moment for me and my family and my friends. And my girlfriend was there with me as well. And it was just a, a really, really special time for, for me and, you know, I think Nick Meyer ended up getting drafted 25 minutes later after I did. Wow. So it was just a really cool experience just to, you know, be with my teammates, my family um, and friends and just kind of soak it all in. All right. Outside of the people who were with you, who was the first person you called after you were drafted? Oh, man. Um, I guess it would it would have been family. Maybe I called my coach, Larry Lee, just to thank him kind of for, you know, everything in the past. And I uh, got a couple calls from some coaches as well, just from previous, you know, just figures of mine in the baseball world that have had a big impact on my career. And um, yeah, you, those are the people you want to talk to because they're the ones that kind of got you to where you are and, you know, led you in the direction, you know, that you wanted to go. So, I think those relationships are important to um, to keep, you know, keep nourishing those ones because they're the ones that even today help you throughout the game. You know, whenever you need something or you feel like you're struggling, I always will still call, text my old coach or, you know, just be in touch with those kind of people because um, they've helped me all the way up till today. And I bet you it'll they'll still help me hopefully when I'm in the big leagues. So. Okay, so this last year you made it up to Corpus and I've heard various stories. Yeah from from other players who have played in Corpus and you know some people will say it's not a home run hitting ballpark you know the wind takes the ball you've really got to learn to hit all sides of the field and I know that you said when you got there shortly after you had the shoulder injury okay so you have this injury you have guys in front of you maybe that you've played with Myers the guys that rose up they're you know Chas McCormick they're going to the majors you got Matthew Barefoot somewhere in between you and them. What does an injury do for you as an athlete trying to make it to the big leagues and coming back? Does that make you more focused? Does that help you to be more motivated? Or do you have to fight through some discouragement when that happens? Because you're waiting for that next call, right? You're waiting for that next step up. So what's your mindset during that process and coming out of that? Yeah, I mean, for me this year, it was it was very disappointing just because I was having my best year in, you know, in professional baseball up to that point. So it was tough, man. At first, when I hit the wall, um, it was kind of a weird play. I was playing right and it was, you know, it was hit my first double A home run the inning before, go out to play defense and leadoff hitter hits, smokes a line drive into the right center foot gap. And I uh, made a great catch that kind of jumped and at the warning track and just didn't have enough time to stop. And we're playing in San Antonio and they have, you know, a hardwood basically fence and right. So I kind of smashed into it and, you know, immediately I thought that I, I heard a pop and I thought something really bad happened. <laughs> I mean, that was my first inclination and in shooting pain down my right arm, couldn't lift it above my head. And um, turned out it was just a, a grade two AC joint separation. So uh, I just got this big old bump on my right shoulder now. Basically, it's just your scap and your clavicle. There's a ligament there, but no tear, which was huge. Um, but it was about four and a half, five weeks of rehab. So, you know, I've had some injuries too. In 2000, 2019, I had some hamstring stuff. So 
you know, I was having a, a healthy season up to that point. Um, so it was, it was tough, especially because I was, I felt like I was just getting better throughout the entire year. And, you know, obviously double A is, uh, I would say the jump from high A to double A is the biggest one so far for me, as far as, uh, just the pitching and the speed of the game. And I felt like I was starting to settle in and then, you know, hitting the wall. It was tough. Um, but I, I stayed really positive throughout the process and, uh, you know, I didn't come back the way I wanted to at the end of the year, but um, I think I handled it mentally as well as I could have. And, uh, you know, hats off to the trainers and people that helped me get back. I mean, that was the, the important thing. And I just wanted to get back as fast as possible just to, like, prove to myself that um, that wasn't going to hold me back. You know, and just because and I had missed so many games in 19, I really only played a half a season there. Um, so it was just... It was tough, but I'm, I'm happy I went through that just because I feel like I have a way better understanding of how to navigate those situations now. And um, it's only going to help you going forward because, you know, if you're healthy your whole entire career, that's awesome. But, you know, that's not going to be everybody's path. You know, everyone's going to have stuff that pops up and you got to know how to kind of manage it. Well, when you make it to the big leagues, maybe you can send your trainers uh, Belt Bar. Uh, speaking of which, Brett, let's <laughs> talk about Belt Bar. Yeah, Built Bar is the best tasting bar in the land. And Alex, I would share with you and the listeners, they've probably heard it, but this is a revolutionary protein bar. Like most protein bars, they're chocked full of calories, sugar, like you just don't need them, right? But why would you not want to go with this? It's a candy bar, but we call it a protein bar, but it's still a candy bar. And they have what's called the first ever protein infused marshmallow that's right they're called built puffs and i love these things we actually just ordered another box churro is my favorite coconut marshmallow banana cream pie you can't go wrong and you know what we know that y'all have already busted your new year's resolutions probably like me on day one that's okay if you have a healthy snack that keeps your calorie count at a certain level or something you can eat right after a workout at the gym built bar is your go-to thing most bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar. I will not read their stats. It's embarrassing, kind of like the Texas Rangers. But you have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. The new flavor this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. And yes, I like to talk about the Rangers whenever I get a chance because we love beating up on them. But since end, if you like beating up on your opponents and the competition, get a Built Bar. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. For 15% off your order, that's promo code LOCK15 for Built.com. Tell them H-Town Wheelhouse sent you. Uh, speaking of great deals, what about RockAuto.com? So RockAuto.com, you know, Alex, you may need to know this because if you, once you make it up to Sugarland and then you're trying to drive over to Minute Maid Park and something's going wrong with your car, you can go to RockAuto.com. Why would you go into a auto parts shop where they're going to upcharge you because you're not a mechanic. They're like, Oh, you're a, you're a, you're a professional baseball player. Well, it doesn't matter. You're not a mechanic. We're going to charge you more. Not at rockauto.com. 20 years. They've been around 30, 50, sometimes hundred percent, the savings of what you would pay in a retail store. Reliably low prices for every customer. Great customer service. This website is easily navigable. I've been to it myself. I've ordered parts myself, tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, you name it. They have it. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck or wait till after the show, right locked on in your how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. And if you're driving, listening to this, don't get on rockauto.com while you're driving. Wait till you get to work. Amazing selection 
reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right. We're talking to Alex McKenna, outfielder for Houston Astros. And Alex, we saw the rise of Jake Myers last year and um, then Chaz McCormick. And I know that Miles Straw was traded in the middle of the season uh, for um, Phil Maton. So there's always a need. Um, and so as a uh, outfielder prospect coming up, I know there, uh, as Brett said, there may be a couple other guys possibly ahead of you the injury may have put you a little bit behind but what are some goals for you for 2022 to maybe put your foot inside the door to say hey astros i'm ready i'm ready to help you out i think the main one for myself would just be to have a full healthy season um i think my my numbers um when i'm healthy have been very good <laughs> if i can continue to just stay healthy be strong throughout the entire season and just play relaxed i think that's uh for me, that always tends to equate to good performance, um, you know, and I think another one was last year was just a big emphasis on trying to have fun. Like, honestly, I know it sounds super simple, but sometimes it's the business aspect of baseball can bog you down a little bit. So I just try to have as much fun as possible, try and be a great teammate and try and win games. And I think uh, if I focus on those three things, the, the performance side will take care of itself. So um, obviously I want to get to Houston as quickly as possible, but I think if I focus on the simple things, then that'll allow me to get there hopefully sooner than later. And that has been the key thing. And I always go back to this just because I remember Josh Rojas talking to me. I interviewed him before he was traded in the Zach Gernke trade. Now he is pretty much an everyday major leaguer with the with the Diamondbacks. And he said the same thing. He said, every time I tried to get outside of myself, every time I tried to do too much, whenever the veterans came down, he said Josh Reddick showed him a lot. And I'm going to ask you about unlocking some of the things in your hitting after I share this story. Um, a good friend of yours that you might know, Joe Record, said that he said, I'm going to take you back to September 10th. We went into extra innings against Midland. And you may remember this. It was top of the 10th. They scored three. He said, I was warming up to go in if they scored three and tied it. It looked bleak, but I kept warming up because I had a weird feeling about it like we would tie it up. We got two runners on, then McKenna came to bat. And that weird feeling when you know something cool is about to happen was coming on stronger. Then McKenna hits a blast over the fence and ties it up. He said, but for me, he said, I pitched the 11th clean. Then I gave up a run in the 12th because the automatic runner on second. Gosh, I hate that rule. We ended up losing, <laughs> but that was a wild game. He said, I'm still pissed about losing, but I'm so happy that Alex got to have that moment. And that was one of those moments that I remember where it was like you knew something special was going to happen. So things like that. How did you unlock things in your swing as you moved up when you came out of your injury, moving up to double A? What were, can you identify one or two things that, that you fixed? to help you get that power and gain that momentum at the plate? Yeah, I mean, uh, in college, I was more of a kind of gap-to-gap doubles, you know, got on base a lot um, type of hitter. Um, I would say that that's actually my best tool was the ability to use the whole field. Um, But now I've kind of unlocked the ability to kind of use the whole field with power now. And I think uh, a lot of that just has to do with getting in the weight room and getting stronger and getting faster and, kind of learning my body more. Um, I'd say learning how to rotate a little bit better and use my body more. And um, 
obviously, you know, the more levels that you climb, the pitching gets better. So just trying to be as simple as possible. I think I've made my swing a lot simpler over the years, which I think has helped. Um, just cause you know, when guys are throwing 95, like that's kind of the, the lowest bar I feel like in 2020, you know, what 2022, everybody's throwing 95 with nasty off speed stuff. So, um, trying to be simple and, uh, take your chances when you have the opportunity to take your chances and try and jump on something. And then, uh, just try and be a complete hitter. I think, um, that's what I'm striving for every day when in the cage is just to try and use the whole field and, and get into some balls with some power when I get the opportunity to. And I think it showed a lot in high A. Um, and then obviously double A with the injury, didn't get a chance to do that as much, but I think, um, I'm kind of grinding on the same stuff this off season. So I'm hoping it'll, it'll carry over into, uh, wherever I, I start out the year this year. I know that in college, you showed a little bit of speed and with 20 stolen bases in 2016, uh, 13 in uh, 2017. You played independent ball in 2020 uh, for, it was only 27 games, uh, but that was uh, nine stolen bases. Then last year you had eight stolen bases. Do you see that translating to the big leagues? Yeah, I would hope so. It's something that I've been grinding on a lot as well, just because I feel like, um, speed wise that's not the issue it's more of an instinctual thing and learning you know the right situations and picking and choosing um those situations to go Um, but i've had to work on it a lot it's something that i think if i want to play center field and continue to hopefully be able to play that position it's going to be something that i want to have in my game you know the ability to play defense the ability to you know have a good arm to be able to steal bases, run the bases well, and hit, right? Like, that's the things that you want to be able to do to, to be an everyday big leaguer. So I'm, uh, I'm working on all those facets of the game to hopefully uh, at some point get those all to, to show up at the same time, right? Sometimes I think as a minor leaguer you get, you know, the defense for me I feel like is always there, but hitting is going to be highs and lows, right? But base running and stolen bases, those are all – areas where you can uh impact the game um and that's something that i want to continue to get better at and hopefully uh master uh brett real quick i know that jeff bagel wasn't known for his speed but what he was known for was his ability to read the pitcher and know when to steal the base and that's what you were just talking about right there about uh, learning when to steal base and when not to because some guys can just steal with their speed and some guys just know when to steal. So that's what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. You know, you have to pick your battles, right? You have a guy that has a big sweeping leg kick, you know, a guy that is like really quick to the plate. And if they've got a catcher with a halfway decent arm, you know, you're going to be toast every time, unless you're Ricky Henderson 2.0 out there talking more about your development. Is there any particular coach, um, whether it was with Asheville or Corpus that when I say what coaches impacted you the most, can you pick one person now? I'm not saying favorites, but can you pick one person who, who you really feel like you went to the most, like he was your go-to guy. He had the best things to say to you. Give us a name if you don't mind and share something about that. Um, I had a great experience with uh, Nate Shaver as my manager last year in, in Asheville. Um, you know, he hit me lead off every night and I just felt like that guy had my back from from day one that I met him. He just, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, I had some terrible nights at the plate and I had some great nights at the plate and whether I messed up in the field or whatever, he just was always there to explain to me, you know, the reason why what I did was wrong, but then also offer me words of encouragement and just keep me engaged all the time. I think, uh, 
he did a great job down there last year. I, I think everybody that I played with loved playing for him. and He brought the energy every day, and it was just a great experience to get to play for him last year. And um, I think another guy as well, uh, Jason Kanzer, who's also going to be in the – I think he's going to be in the big leagues as an assistant hitting coach this year. But um, he's just a, a really, really good baseball mind. He, he – uh, He's one of the best defensive outfielders I've ever seen. I mean, he's a coach, and he still will go out there and mess around every once in a while, and it's amazing to watch him play um, center field still. But uh, he's just another great baseball mind to bounce ideas off of. And, um, yeah, those two guys I think have been really big for my development. And I think a big thing with them too is that they've never lied to me, and um, they're just always going to shoot you straight, and that's a big thing with me. Uh, I think I'd rather know the God honest truth at all times just to know where I stand, and I think it's the easiest way for me to kind of wrap my head around things and uh, try and move forward if it's a bad day or kind of you know take a second and appreciate the moment if it was a good day and then move on to the next one and, and keep it rolling. Yeah, I definitely like the way he's betting on himself and his future. And speaking <laughs> of betting, uh, Brett, let's talk about bet online. So football might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam for both pro and college hoops. And even if you're Jalen uh, Green and you can't make a dunk in like nine dunk attempts in the dunk contest, it's okay. From all the latest odds, total player performances, props to where the next fired head coach will land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing. Boy, we need hockey in Houston. UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. If it's still going on, check it out for more information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about their trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Alex, I know you're still young in your career, but has there been a pitcher that you face that you're like, oh, no, I've got to face this guy again, somebody that's got your number? Um, I mean, yeah, I think last year I faced uh, Peyton Battenfield. Um, he was actually an Astro. I think we drafted him in 19, and uh, he's gotten traded a couple times. I want to say he's with, with Cleveland now, but, I mean, he's got an invisible fastball. It's just like – one of those Verlander type heaters that, I mean, it's 92, 95 probably, but it's just got a lot of that um, riding life at the top of the zone. I mean, he, he kind of, he shoved it up our butt last year to, for lack of a better word for a couple, uh, a couple outings. Um, I want to say the first one, it was like five innings, 11 K something crazy. Like it wasn't even like he went deep, like super deep into the game, but um it was crazy. He just, his stuff is really good. Um, and he's very polished, hits his spots. Um, I want to say he finished in maybe double A last year before he got traded. Um, yeah, he's really good. He's one guy. And then we've had, we got some guys in our organization that I faced in, um, lives, obviously just, uh, Sean Dubin's absolutely electric. His stuff is, is really good. Um, Jimmy Endersby, I know you guys have had, have you guys had him on this podcast before? He, uh, yeah. He's a guy I went to Cal State Fullerton, so I played against him in college a little bit. I don't think I faced him in college, but um, wow, did he kind of blossom this year and did his stuff get better. It's He was fun to play behind just because his tempo is really good and hits his spots, just not afraid, attacks hitters, and those are the guys that I love playing for. Joe Record, another guy. Um, I know he had a little story on here about me hitting a slider off him last year, but he uh, he's another guy that just attacks hitters and 
he's just fun to play behind. I love playing behind those guys that got great tempo and um, they just go out there and compete. Those are two guys that I think uh, are just fun to watch. That was awesome for him to share that, just talking about how you smoked that <laughs> ball and how he was like, he basically had to pull a matrix, basically. And it seems to me the constant theme with every player that we sit down with that you guys have a camaraderie going through the minor leagues. And at some point prior to the minor leagues, a lot of y'all played baseball, whether it's in college, whether y'all grew up playing against against each other in select ball. And I think that really helps. I mean, there's something to be said about having a familiarity with people on your team, especially if you're moving from city to city. You have uncertainty. You don't know where you're going to be sleeping the next week kind of lifestyle. And so I think that's great. Tell me this last year, Jim Crane was the first owner of all the owners. Major League Baseball kind of got on board to provide housing for the minor leaguers across the entire spectrum. What was that like for you guys as minor leaguers? I mean, it was amazing to be like one for one to be the only team that did that was just like after the COVID year. And, you know, it, it was amazing. We were so grateful to have that. Um, and I think it just paid dividends for all of us to not have stress about, you know, money throughout the season and just not having to worry about, oh, when you get promoted or when you move places, like where are you going to live? It, it was just already all kind of set up and. It was it was one of the best things that I think he could have done, and we're, we're I know all the players were super thrilled about it last year, and uh, it just made it made life a lot easier. Just knowing that, I mean, we actually joked like I, I lived with uh, Joe Perez, Corey Lee down in Hiya for a little bit, and we used to call our little apartment like we're going home. That's what we would call it after the game, like oh, I'll see you back at home. Like it was actually crazy that we called it that because that's it felt like that for a few months. You know, we we had a, our own little setup. Um, and it, it was great. We couldn't have asked for a better experience on that front last year. Uh, so speaking of which, um, you've reported to spring training already, right? I have not actually, no. So um, I think position players are reporting uh, March 11th. Um, so okay. they're having a little mini camp right now. I'm still out here. I actually moved to Arizona this last offseason, so I've been training out here. Um, Joe Record, we, we both train at the same facility at a place okay. called Push Performance right now. So that's where we've been at. Okay. All right. So um, kind of give us, a, I know the past couple of years have been kind of weird, but um, what's the selection process like? So like um, it's the end of the regular spring training. How do you get informed like where you're going? Do, is there like a, is it like a letter on the board on the wall or something where you're going or you like what? make the cut, you gotta, no. you gotta like, check the list like in school. <laughs> yes, I made it. <laughs> I mean, kind of. So in 2019, it was pinned on the big board. Um, that was my first full season. So I, I knew where I was going right off the bat. Um, last year, it was actually just posted in a WhatsApp. So it was just, here's the rosters. This is where you're going. Um, wow. And that's how it was handled last year. So obviously, you know, people, um, it's a frantic time because obviously you're trying to you're wondering where you're going to go and everything. I feel like some people have an idea when you're at the higher levels of the minor leagues of kind of where you're going to go. But if you're a first year guy, it's kind of all up in the air. It's a stressful time. But um, I think last year I was calm. I, I didn't really matter where I went, right? Wherever you go, the, the goal is to, to play well and compete. So um, that's been my mindset throughout this entire process. But um, yeah, last year was interesting. I think just, it was just such a quick spring training because everything was delayed. I remember last year, I think we didn't, I didn't report until April or something like that. So it was a really short spring training right into the season. But yeah, I mean, it, it worked out. I, I enjoyed it. I, 
I got my car, drove to Asheville, whatever it was, the nine, ten hours, and the season started like three or four days later. So it was a quick, quick turnaround. But um, it's fun, man. You, you look forward to that because it, it means the season's around the corner. So if you could tell us just just one thing, just something I thought of, have you had any any interactions with any of the guys on the Major League roster, the Houston Astros, since you've been in the minors? I don't know. I know some guys came down to Corpus last year for for some rehab assignments. Have you had the opportunity to just be in their presence, talk to them, be on the field with them? Yeah, so um, last year when Aledmus Diaz came down to rehab, um, he came to – we were in Midlands um, – that guy's awesome, man. He just was super cool, would, had a lot to, to say and, and helped a lot of our infielders, was out there working with them just like he was a part of the team. And same thing, we had Jason Castro come down for a couple of days and uh, it was great just to talk to him. Um, he's a, he went to Stanford, so West Coast guy. and um, Just get to talk to him a little bit as well. They're just both awesome people. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked hitting with, with a couple of them as well, just kind of what they like to talk about or what they like to do at the plate. And those are just conversations that you want to have because those are the guys that are at the highest level doing it. So you want to pick their brains as much as possible and uh, see if you can add a little bit of that into your own game. All right. I got two things before I let Brett close out the show, but uh, I want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and uh, use this um, this platform to thank all the people that you get to where you are, whether it's parents, coaches, uh, whoever you want to. Yeah. I mean, obviously my parents, uh, Myrna and Joe McKenna, uh, my sister, Erica, my girlfriend, Delaney Smith, um, just thank those people day in and day out. They're my biggest supporters, biggest fans. Um, those people are the ones that I do it for um, when I wake up and go to work every day. So obviously past coaches, um, Larry Lee, Cal Poly, my high school coach, Randy Thompson, um, some summer ball coaches as well that have just had huge impacts in my career. Um, can't thank those people enough as well. I think it's uh, I've been fortunate to be around some really, really great people in my life. And uh, that's why I play the game. You know, I play the game to hopefully make those people proud and, um, just want to do something every day to, to make the ones I love, um, enjoy watching me play. And that's what I do it for. All right. Uh, so what are three things about Alex McKenna that have nothing to do with baseball? Oof. I absolutely love to watch movies. I'm a huge movie fan. That's something that I'm always, you know, when I get home from a workout or something, I just like watching movies. I really like to read. I'm a big reader. Um, I guess that's kind of a, I guess people don't actual think books that, or you know, audio. Oh, actual books. Yeah. Okay. I can't, I can't do the audio book thing. Um, third one, uh, grew up, you know, riding dirt bikes and, you know, doing whatever I could do. I was always outside. So if I have a message to the younger kids, get off the cell phones and go outside and play in the street. And that's, I feel like how some of the best athletes are made, right? Like go get outside, get your hands dirty. And, uh, have fun, have fun being a kid and, you know, try and um, have the most fun possible as a kid and play the game as long as you can. No, yeah, definitely, because we never know when we're going to be told that your time's up and you're definitely making and taking full advantage of it. Alex, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your candor and your openness with us. Um, hearing your stories, hearing about how you've gone through adversity and you're at this point, I see big things with you. I know projectability is not something that a lot of people really talk about, 
but in the minor leagues, I feel like you have a high projectability. I, I just I see great things coming for you in the future. We wish you all the best here at Locked on Astros. You're always welcome to join the show. Um, we'll definitely be talking to you through DM throughout the season, and we'll be watching those highlights. And hopefully if we get down to Corpus or if you make it up to Sugarland, maybe we'll have the opportunity to see you in person. So for myself, H-Town Wheelhouse, Eric Heisman, and Alex McKenna, this is Locked on Astros. Make sure you make us your first listen every day and make sure that you go to, when we're talking about MLB prospects, thanks for making Locked on your first listen, but make Locked on MLB prospects like your next listen, okay? Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Y'all have a good one. Let's go Astros. And hey, MLB, MLBPA, let's get this thing wrapped up because we really miss baseball. Yeah, let's keep on meeting for five hours, five hours, and eventually get this done. Once again, (laughs) thank you, Alex, for meeting with us, and uh, good luck to a great 2022 season. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it.